Welcome to Ask Dr. Julie Hanks, a safe place for healing conversations that educate and empower you to prioritize your dreams, revolutionize your family, and personalize your faith. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Hanks, a psychotherapist and coach offering online courses and programs to help women all over the world heal themselves and their relationships. Join me here every week as I coach a listener through a specific challenge and empower them with tools to find healing. Hello, friends. I am so excited. In just a few minutes, uh, Stacy Harkey is going to join me. You will know him from Studio C, also from JK Studios. He is a fantastic comedian, actor, writer, producer, and he's going to be joining me in just a minute. Here he comes. Hi. Hi. I'm fangirling. <laughs> and I'm eating a salad. So <laughs> It's so nice to meet you. Thank you, Stacy, for taking the time to talk with me today. Are you kidding me? Thanks for having me on. This is exciting. <laughs> I hope your salad is good. It is banging. I oh, good. <laughs> well, I'm excited to kind of dig into this topic of finding your purpose. That's the theme for my membership group this month. And I, I thought you would be a great person because you seem to have really come into your own and found your, your purpose. So I want to know the secrets. <laughs> you know what? I, I don't know about any secrets, but I will divulge anything and everything. <laughs> okay. How about this? Let's start out with what would you say your purpose is? Like, what are your life's missions? And it doesn't have to be one thing, but what are your life's missions? Okay. That's a really good question because I don't, I was thinking about this and I was like, what is my purpose? And I thought that's such an intense question, but I think boiled down, I'm a really big believer in that. Like we are to make the most of our life. And I think you can take that in whatever direction you want, but a big part of that is authenticity. Mm-hmm. Part of that is discovery. You know what I mean? Yeah. Part of that is service to others. Mm. So being who you are, discovering just more, experiencing more things, learning more things, and then giving back, mm. doing something to like make your communities bigger. That's kind of how I, in a nutshell, boil it down. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So was finding your authentic self, was that kind of an unfolding or did you have like an aha moment or like what oh, what's for, that process been like? For sure it was an unfolding and, and I don't know how many people know I'm pretty open about it but I'm gay I grew up LDS you can't really tell but I'm black <laughs> <laughs> I mean these are all parts just of my the typical Mormon man right <laughs> black gay <laughs> you know like every Mormon man yeah. but um yeah, as far as like discovering myself, it definitely was an unfolding process. I was born in the LDS faith, and that was something that was kind of unfolded to me and talked to my parents. Being black is something my family is, and discovering what that meant, especially in my community and in this country, was kind of an unfolding. And being gay was a whole different, not anyone in my family never talked about really in my religion. And so it was very like, that was a process of intense self-discovery. Ooh, I bet. Yeah. So yes, it unfolded and in differing degrees, because I feel like no matter who you are, I mean, that's the beauty of intersectionality, right? Is there's so many aspects that make up our identity. Mm -hmm. It's like 
we're constantly discovering more about ourselves in different ways. And there's more things to be discovered in the future. Right? Right. Right. Definitely. So tell us kind of what that process, well, let's take one of okay. your identities and talk about kind of how that unfolded. So let's, um, let's, let's talk about, I mean, is being gay, is that okay? Can we talk yeah, about, let's do it. Let's dive in because let's, being black is very straightforward. I feel like the thing about being gay that's different is that that's not something my family could like teach me per se. That had to be something I discovered on my own. And the beautiful thing about it was it required an intense amount of, um, there was a lot of fear involved. There was a lot of trepidation. And what I saw as terrifying now is like one of the most beautiful things of my life. And so I feel like this is a journey that was like, it's like your typical hero's journey where it's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be crushed. And then all of a sudden like, I'm stronger than, you know. <laughs> yeah, but, I love that. Yeah. So for example, well, not for example, just my life, my sexuality was something that was very stifled, right? Incredibly stifled. My parents have Southern Baptist roots and then Ooh. LDS faith. And so we were keeping sexuality away from the conversation. <laughs> and I essentially think of it as a thing that like I locked in this chest and then threw in an intense cage and then buried it in the deepest part of my basement. And so it was very locked away. And I lived, I mean, I grew up and I was in middle school, very happy. High school, did my thing, very happy. Never really thought about girls. I mean, obviously, but, <laughs> you know, I was like, I'm not going to worry about that. Went to BYU, went on my mission, came back from the mission. And all of a sudden it was like this part of your life that you've locked away. Mm. This idea of like sexuality has to be encouraged. Now I was like, okay, I'm going to come back from my mission. I'm going to multiply and replenish the earth, get married, all that stuff. Um, and I had to, for the first time, start thinking about my sexuality. And it was ready to be thought about because no matter how many things I locked it away, covered it up, you know, just shoved away, it just exploded. And luckily for me, it wasn't in like incredibly damaging. It was more like intense thing, like leaking out of things <laughs> like, oh, I need to address this thing or I don't yeah. know what's here. I consulted many religious leaders, bishops, stake presidents. I was very open with leadership, which was, I think, very good for me. The idea of being open about things was like a really positive aspect. But eventually I came to the point that no matter what people told me, I was incredibly unhappy. And I had been trying to do what everyone else told me for so long. And you know what? It worked in a lot of ways. I was in college and I felt like I was, I was like doing it. And it, it kind of was, it was the game plan and it was great until it wasn't. Yeah. And I found myself one night just like, I don't know how to explain it besides I was going to, I felt like I was going to implode. And um, I, I was like, something has to change. And a big part of my religion is I took it to the Lord. I prayed about it. I was like, I need to know what's, what's going on because I can't do this. I can't continue like this. And for the first time in my life, I felt really good about my sexuality. Mm. Felt like it was the first time I felt like, and like faith had always been a huge part of my life. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of this process where I felt like this God that I've always believed in, that I've always trusted, who I've always felt loved by, I had to acknowledge the fact that he made me 
the way I am. And by denying myself, I'm essentially denying one of his like most complex creations, one of his most beautiful creations. And it was like this light bulb went off. And I was like, my whole life, I've been fighting this thing. But maybe, and it feels so much like your typical like Marvel story or like some superhero story where it's like this thing that I was, I hated so much ends up being one of my greatest strengths. And Your so superpower. I, yeah. <laughs> my superpower is gay. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It really is. Anyways, so I had this moment and it terrified me because it went against everything I'd ever learned and thought. But I knew like in every aspect of my life that like I believed in a divine being who had me, who always took care of me and who I trusted. And so with the same faith and the same background, I started moving in this direction where I started coming out to friends and family. And what I found was people didn't pull themselves away. All my relationships grew stronger. Mm-hmm. I was feeling love in a sense that had nothing to do with my sexuality, but in relation to my sexuality, I was like, this is good. Yeah. And so I moved farther. I started going on dates and I was experiencing feelings and excitement and things I'd never experienced before. And I was like, this is pretty good. And so I process, and now here I am, I've been out since 2018. I've dated uh, wonderful men. I've had some long-term relationships, short terms. And I think for me, the process of my unfolding, if I could capture it was one of, first off, I had to face myself. I had to really, really face myself. And I had to look at some of these scary bits. And what I found was I, I was scared not particularly of myself, but of what it meant in context of the community, what other people thought. And once I started moving past that, it was like rainbows and butterflies, Mm -hmm. the sky opened up. I felt like I was really becoming grounded in not just who I am, but like the love I have for my friends and family and their love for me. Okay, I'm like rambling now, but- I love it. No, you're great. (laughs) This is great. This is exactly, we want to hear your story and how- you became more authentic. I think so many people in the LDS faith or with the LDS background, purpose and authenticity has kind of been defined, predefined. Mm -hmm. And then so many of us get to a point where it's like, wait, I don't fit. Like, this isn't all I am. This isn't, Mm -hmm. this doesn't fit. Whether it's like, for me, it's been, gender, rigid gender roles, right? Like I don't fit what I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And and so, yeah, it's that process. So this is exactly what I wanted to, to talk about with you. I Can we shift gears for a second? Um, uh, tell me about your process of finding your talent as an actor, writer, producer, comedian. Uh, um, like what, tell us about that journey. How did that unfold? Uh, so I think this is a part of myself that I've always, always like loved about myself. And I've been realizing lately that it's kind of like another superpower. <laughs> but I think everyone has superpowers. I'm not just thinking, I'm not just saying me. <laughs> I, I know. I know. <laughs> well, you have a lot. Okay. Let's just say that. <laughs> I think we all do. And the concept there for me was being open to new opportunities. I did not, I never wanted to be a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> never wanted to like act. I was like, I was going to go to law school. Really? Yes. That was my goal. It was like going to law school. I was going to go to law school. I was taking free law classes. But what happened is 
I was an RA on campus. I worked with the incoming freshmen. We had a great time and it was good times. And one of the freshmen was like, hey, um, I want to audition for this comedy thing. Will you do it with me? And I was like, first off, no. But second off, maybe. <laughs> I was like, this is crazy. But you know what? <laughs> it's scary. It's an adventure. I'm going to try it. And I'm going to do it to support my friend. And so I go and audition for the sketch comedy group on campus. And I, I like, I never was the funny person growing up. I was really? the kid. Oh, I, <laughs> I'm so, I'm so surprised because <laughs> usually people who are really funny have always been really funny. Oh man. My, my siblings are really funny. I was the serious one. I was the one that my parents are like, you're going to be the one who's like officiating and taking care of the will. <laughs> you're like the, you know, you're like the boring, like, you know, serious one. Well, I auditioned for this group. And it was completely new and very exciting. And I ended up getting in. It's called comedy at BYU. I was like, what? But I also yeah. was like, what an adventure. I can learn a lot. And so I kind of just like threw myself in it. I just threw like 150%. I threw myself into it. And I started growing a lot. And I started learning about these skills I didn't even know I had. And so, you know, next thing's next. Studio C becomes a show with BYU TV it's kind of growing in the Utah area. And then Studio C, we leave Studio C and we end up starting this company called JK Studios and we're on NBC and we have a chance to like, like all these things were happening. And it was just like, it all came from me being willing to throw myself into something I was scared of. And I knew I was bad at, <laughs> you know? I, I love that. I think that is such an important lesson for all of us, like to try to do the scary thing, do the thing that's uncomfortable. Because mm -hmm. that's like, if we don't try things, we don't know, we don't discover. Oh my so goodness. I, I love it, that. I like, it's the concept that like, in our comfort zone, it is where we are comfortable. We've conquered every part of it. And we're safe. It is nice. We got it. But if we want growth, we're going to have to experience something new. And we're going to have to leave that comfort zone and get uncomfortable. <laughs> and so mm -hmm. Out of this little safe nucleus we've conquered, out of our little homes, is the wild, wild west or this unchartered territory where the potential of failure is out there and the potential of growth is out there. Mm -hmm. But we sometimes just have to take the risk. Yeah, yeah. I've had people ask me, like, how have you gotten over the fear of putting yourself out there on social media or writing books or doing media or whatever? And I say, like, I haven't gotten over the fear. <laughs> I'm terrified all the time. Like I have breakdowns. I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And I'm a musician too. So every time I put out a CD or a, a book or something big, I've like totally had a breakdown and just, what am I doing? What am I doing? And then I remember my purpose. Like I go, my husband reminds me, you want to make the world better. That's why you're doing this. I'm like, okay, I'll do it. Okay. <laughs> But I, you don't get over the fear, right? Like if you're trying scary things, it's still scary. I have performed in front of hundreds of thousands of people. I've performed in front of masses. I've done things. I've like emceed, hosted, given presentations. It's still terrifying. <laughs> <to this. laughs> like, ooh, yeah. No? But that is such a great story that you weren't a comedian and you tried out for a comedy troupe. I love that. It has completely shifted the direction of my life. I've discovered more things that I didn't even know I could love. I mean, and now everything that I do 
is like there's an element of like performance or presentation involved and i think mm -hmm. a lot of it goes back to comedy you know yeah. wild and something like that like a choice to take a risk i think also like from the outside looking at you're like that created relationships that you wouldn't have had and and opened opportunities. And so that's just such a cool story. Thank you. Yeah, it's just such a cool, like, take risks, people. Yeah, take risks. Cool. Do the thing that you're like, oh, I'm not good at this. <laughs> Listen, everyone listening or watching right now, 2022 is your year. Do the scary thing. Take that little step. And I'm going to tell you, it's always like, it's especially like coming out. Like, I look back and I'm like, it was not nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. Mm. That happens a lot. And it's not saying it's easy, right. but doing comedy, it's like, I look back and I'm like, it was not nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. You know? Yeah. I love that. I love that. So you didn't grow up wanting to be an actor or writer or producer <laughs> or performer or like that blows my mind. I wanted to be rich. That's all I knew. I was like, <laughs> comfortable. I grew up pretty um, like broke. It was just poor. Mm. So I was like, I am willing to, I'll be an accountant and I'll crunch numbers all day. I don't care. I just want money. Yeah. And myself, like working in like the nonprofit sector. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I'm curious how, like you just kind of mentioned one piece, but how did your upbringing impact kind of where you are today? Wow. Um, that's a really good question. I've thought about it in different facets, right? Where like, for example, being black in America in a very like very homogenous religion has the insightful for me that people like my motto, whether it's like sexuality or race is like the world is full of good people trying the best with what they have. And a lot of times they just don't have a lot. A lot of times the Bishop that told me to marry a woman, was not trying to hurt me. He was trying to help me with to the best of his ability. Or, you know, someone who told me that, you know, I'm only at BYU because I'm black. And they legitimately, even though that's shocking, they were not trying to hurt me. They were trying to like help me. And what is needed there is information, education. And so I think one of the best ways that I can help my community be a more loving community is to help them learn, educate them. Yeah. I don't mean that in like a condescending way. I don't mean it's like me. I'm like, listen here, you, you messed up. It's a, hey, let me give you just like, let me let you look through this window and take a peek at my life and give you just a little bit more, a broader perspective. Right, right. That, yeah, broadening the perspective. And I love what you said about assuming positive intent, that people are not trying to hurt you, even though they do hurtful things right but usually that's not the intention and it's it's ignorance and lack of information right and that doesn't mean i don't correct people or i don't set boundaries you know what i mean i'm like your intentions are great but if i'm being hurt still that means i need to say hey listen let's establish a place that we can both be healthy with that mm -hmm. i can affected um and this you know it's like boundaries are for the best of the relationship yeah but it's just to help me going in and understanding. I think another motto I use a lot is if someone does something, trying to understand where they came from, it's like, okay, you hurt someone. Is it understandable how you got there? Yes. Is it excusable? No. You know, and I, that's like nuance is just, I think, healthy in general. Right. You know? 
<laughs> yes, I totally agree. I totally agree. I love you're so wise. Ah, stop. Why so? How old are you? I'm 33. <laughs> Not very old. <laughs> Depends on like who's. It took, <laughs> it took me a long time to learn the things that you've already mastered. So, uh, you know. Look, Get stepping out. I've been out of my comfort zone a lot in a lot of different ways. And I will say, and I, and I don't mean to silver line anything horrible, but pain has been a really good teacher to me. And I don't mean um, you have to be in pain to learn, but I think it's the concept that whenever I experience pain or discomfort, sometimes it's my body or my life telling me like, hey, something needs to change. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. your hand is on the stove and your body's like, you're experiencing pain, change something. Mm-hmm. And I life in with relationships or with family. It's like those pain points are moments for me to be like, all right, something needs to change. Let's learn a lesson. Let's make a change. So I am not in pain. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So what I hear you saying is pain is kind of the indicator that you need to make a change or, or evaluate something or shift some, sometimes it's shifting <laughs> beliefs, shifting the way you look at something. Yeah. Um, sometimes we pain and sometimes our, instinct is to not look at it we're like this is a lot it's scary i don't want to acknowledge it and we like sit in this point of pain and try to deaden it and i'm like i think what we got to do is you feel a pain and it's like find it look at it (laughs) which is terrible and sometimes you might discover some stuff about yourself that you didn't want to (laughs) know or about your relationships but i think that is like being real with ourselves acknowledging moments like really looking at our pain points can be really insightful yeah yeah so can you give us an example of the process of what you're describing, like a pain point? Like what, what did that feel like and what did you learn from it? Okay. And I, and I want to, maybe I should use a different one than like sexuality, but I think of like, for me being unhappy and being mm. in this place where I was like, I can't keep going like this. Oh, my whole life. I just ignored the pain or I was like, I will push through. The pain is where I grow. And that is not it. It's like, it's like I sometimes we wear pain like a badge of honor. And it's like, no, that's a lesson. Like, let's, let's learn from it. Yeah. Move Um, through it, not stay stuck there. Exactly. It's like, oh man, I tell people, so I teach fitness classes too. And I tell people the point of pain, at least in, in like fitness, you analyze it, you sit with it. And you make the decision if you need to step away from this or if you can move through it, right? But it comes from analyzing it. It doesn't come from running from it. And so I think with my sexuality, I eventually got to the point where if I would have kept trying to like sit with that pain, like the badge, like the badge I thought I was supposed to wear, I would have, I don't think I would be around anymore. I think I would have gone to a really bad place. Yeah. And I had to decide, okay, this is something I can I need to step away from like my hand has been on the stove long enough. It's time to remove, you know, that crispy hand from the stove. Yeah. Yeah. So what have the benefits been for you or what have you seen in your life? The benefits of like really finding your purpose and your authentic self and living. I mean, I know that's an unfolding process and it's a continual, but like, what are the, what are the fruits of that to use? Latter-day Saints speak, right? What are the fruits of living an authentic, purposeful life for you? So I was literally just talking to someone about something similar. Um, Let me answer your question. So (laughs) I feel like for me, authenticity, what I've learned, I feel like, is that 
one of the greatest ways you can help people is by essentially just being yourself unabashedly, not filtered, not what other people want, by essentially being yourself, right? And I think that comes because I think breaking that down some more means um, doing the process, doing the work to understand what you like, because I don't know if we even give ourselves the chance to really explore what we like or what we want to do. It's like learn about yourself and then honor that. Be congruent. Learn about yourself and then the way live, live in a way that honors that information, right? Mm-hmm. And a friend asked me, they were like, if you had money wasn't a concern at all, what would you be doing? And after thinking about it for five minutes, I was like, I think I'd be doing the same thing that I'm doing right now. Isn't that a great feeling? That is, I feel the same way. And I just, I realize how that's pretty rare. I I know. And it feels, and I I will say it does feel privileged. Oh, it it is very, I mean, I acknowledge that for sure. But I've somehow by like really leaning into like who I am, like what I enjoy. I love seeing things grow. I have a billion plants, you know what I I mean? Love I know. It. I follow you. I see Look plants. I kill. I kill plants. Just so you know, like seriously. At my house, we have a little area by the sink where my husband rescues plants that I've almost killed, and they're like these like halfway alive plants. So I need to come like learn from you because I seriously yes. cannot keep them and alive. I, I love I, that you love that. That's I so love great. Plants. I have these like these plants I have, they're like re- my rehab plants, like my rescue plants <laughs> that I'm like, let's make you strong. Anyways, yeah. things grow. And that's what kind of took me into fitness and teaching fitness is like helping people get to this point of like growth and change. And it's not about your body y'all. It's about yeah. like what's happening here. Anyways, like, so fitness is like, it's like taking me into fitness. Mm. I'm comedy aspect that I love and performance is like taking me into performance. It's become like, my job and my career. And then I do like nonprofit consulting and wanting to make the world and my community a better place has led me there. It's like the concept of like learning about myself and then honoring it, like really in has really some amazing opportunities for me. Yeah. And I'm guessing relationally too, that there are benefits of you being your authentic self in, in all of your relationships. Oh my goodness. My family. It's, it's so funny. Cause my friends, my family would always be like, I feel like I'm a really open book. Like you can ask me anything and I'd be like, <laughs> all right, let's go there. Um, my family and my friends would always be like, you're so secretive. And I was like, I, I, you ask me anything and I'll tell you, but I think they could like the people that were really close to me could like smell that I had a secret or something. Mm. But after I came out to them, it was like, like my heart was open to these people. And I was experiencing love for my friendships and my family like I've never experienced before to this day. Mm. And part of that, too, was like re-navigating some relationships. My mom is a very, very active LDS woman. Like some people hold on to the iron rod. She like wraps her arms and legs around it and she... (laughs) She is, she is like amazing, right? And after I came out, we had to really navigate what that meant for my relationships. And I was like, I told my mom, I was like, I've been in the closet for 30 years. I'm not going back in for you. And I know that sounds harsh, but I just, that's not something I can do. And I don't expect you to like sacrifice things you love to like make me more comfortable 
in a sense. And so as we talked about it, we got to points where actually she started becoming willing to be like, oh, actually this, you are more important than this thing. So I need to understand how to support you better. Mm-hmm. Right. And Good I don't job, know. Mom. Yeah. It's just the aspect of like embracing myself made all my relationships better too. My mom is amazing. Mm-hmm. We've had our moments and she always is like, like, for example, we had a moment where um, I asked her, cause when I came out to my family, I wasn't just like telling them I was gay. I was also being like, I'm going to live my life. I'm going to do the, do the thing. And so I was like, when I marry a man, are you going to be at the wedding? And she, which is an intense question to ask. It's like, Hey, I'm gay. By the way, she was like, <laughs> she was like okay, I love you and I support you, but I don't want all of that in the house. I don't want that in my home. And I was like, that's fair. It's your home, but I have, I'll have, you know, I may not see you for a while. Because you can't, you can't accept 25, you know, 75% of me and not 25. You can't expect me to leave my arm at your door, but invite me in. So I respect you and I'm going to respect your boundaries, but also I'm going to establish some boundaries so that I can be safe in this thing. And she calls me back. Like it was kind of an intense conversation, but she calls me back like 10 minutes later. And she's like, listen, God got on me. I was wrong. I'll, I'll make the bouquet at the wedding. She just had like, in 10 minutes, had like a full turnaround. And I was like, you're an amazing woman. That's not Ooh. normal, you know? So yeah. That's wonderful. The great fab. Wonderful. Yeah. What strikes me about you, Stacy, is that you, because you are so authentic, mm-hmm. you give people permission to be authentic to yeah. themselves. That's just a beautiful gift that you have. And which is why I wanted to, interview you and talk with you and get to know you more because you just give people permission to be themselves. And that's just a huge, that's a gift really is. It's like, that's where your superpower is, right? It's like, we're talking about these like superpowers. Like it's how we can like make the world better. People were reaching out to me after I came out. They were like, that had nothing to do with sexuality. They were like, one lady reached out to me and was like, Hey, I don't, I don't want kids. Like, I don't feel like that's for me to do, but I feel so much pressure. And she's like, you coming out made me feel more comfortable with what I feel. And I was like, Whoa. And one guy reached out like my mom passed away recently and you coming out has given me permission to like feel my feelings. And I was like, I didn't see that coming. (laughs) Uh, Right. It's like the concept by being yourself and like unabashedly proudly being yourself not being yourself behind closed doors, but like being yourself, merely existing how you want to exist, how you were made to exist is going to be so good for the world. So good. I love it. I think that's a great place to wrap up our conversation. <laughs> I I want to thank you so much, Stacey, for taking the time to talk with me tonight about authenticity and finding your purpose. And I think people who will watch this will just really get some some nuggets of truth that they can hold on to and and make their life better. I hope so. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure, Stacey. I'm cheering you on. I'm cheering you on. And vice versa. And and my my kids are freaking out that I'm talking to you. So (laughs) they're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Tell them we're BFF. Invite me over for dinner or something. Okay, deal. They'll be like, what? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Love inviting myself over for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) No. I wish I cooked, though, but my husband can cook you dinner, so there you go. (laughs) Oh, you're awesome, Stacey. (laughs) Keep in touch. Keep doing the good work you're doing, making people laugh, giving back to the community, 
helping people be strong. Love it. Love following you on Instagram. So if you're not following Stacy on Instagram, Stacy Harkey at Stacy Harkey. So follow, follow it's and be weird. inspired and see lots of plants. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, have a good night. And thanks right. everybody for watching and, and tuning in. And uh Thank you again, Stacy. I really appreciate you. Oh, thanks for having me. Ciao, y'all. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to Ask Dr. Julie Hanks, a podcast helping real women seek solutions to life's biggest challenges. If you'd like to learn more, you can connect with me on social media at Dr. Julie Hanks and at drjuliehanks.com, where you'll find information about virtual groups, coaching, and online courses. For therapy services in Utah, visit wasatchfamilytherapy.com. thought, hey, I want to talk to Dr. Julie Hanks about this question. Well, now's your chance. I want to have you on my podcast. So email hello at drjuliehanks.com with your question and the reason why you want to be on the podcast. And we may just choose you for a free coaching session.